At MasterCard, we believe that women-owned small businesses are uniquely inspiring. They're pillars of the community and have a measurable impact on the people within them. It's their secret sauce. We are deeply committed to helping address the daily challenges of all Canadian small businesses by putting our technology, cybersecurity solutions, digital resources, and partnerships to work for you every day. Discover them today at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. MasterCard, start something priceless. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday to hear news stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're so excited to speak to Asha Wielden. Asha Wielden is the founder of Vancouver-based Kula Foods, where she creates delicious, nourishing, and culturally relevant plant-based foods that connect people back to their roots. Kula Foods is Afro-veganism for the next generation, where East African flavors are at the center of every dish, from ginger beef and goat curry to BBQ chicken and ribs. Asha's products can be found at Vancouver area farmers markets or ordered locally through DoorDash. You can buy directly from the company at kulafoods.ca or from specialty retailers in Vancouver and Toronto. Your Afro-vegan journey starts here. Asha, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me, Rick. I'm really uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you some more. I'm looking forward to a, a, a great new year for entrepreneurs everywhere because it probably can't be worse than the last year. Let's hope not. <laughs> just to just to, to start start off with a start the new year off with with a tough question, Asha. What advice do you think you'd give to yourself if you were just starting Kula Foods right now? Yes, I think uh, one of the the things I would have uh, would have focused more on uh, would be just financial planning. I know it's not the best or the the, the greatest and fun thing to do, but um, I think over the the last four years, one of the biggest things I've taken away is being uh, being ready. You know, being prepared for turbulent periods like we have faced in the past couple couple of years. Um, so yeah, I would have I would have taken maybe a little more time. Um, in, in the planning aspect and and looking for as many resources uh, to really keep us going and um, yeah day to day growing teams like a lot comes up um, at you as an entrepreneur so yeah do the boring work and um, financial planning get ensure that you're you have your cash flow set and have a strategy when when things don't go as planned can I ask 
what you did instead? Did you do a version of that, only a little less formal? Yeah, I, I definitely did. I took a couple of months before um, uh, launching Kula. I, I, I did go through a program in VCIT, um, and it really gave me um, the idea behind, you know, what are the, the first steps? You know, going into farmer's market was was strategic in terms of being able to get feedback. And um, so I was able to plan that and we definitely did did plan some financial planning, but I think I missed out on all the costs <laughs> that are that's involved in in um, doing business. Uh, and so if I was if I was to go back, you know, and I think with given what I have learned um, over the past couple of years, I would have maybe spent a little more time there. Um, there are some uh, amazing programs out there for startups uh, that I think would have been great to know um, early on. That's part of the learning, though. Um, can't change everything. That's part of the learning, and it's never too late. So let's start with the, with your background and why you built Kula. Maybe you could start off by telling us what the meaning is of the name. Okay. Uh, the meaning, Kula means eat um, in Swahili. Uh, I am originally, I was born in Uganda and, and uh, lived in Kenya for the first 11 years of my life. Um, Kiswahili or Swahili is uh, the second language uh, or the first language, depending on where you are regionally. Um, and so, yeah, the, the idea behind Kula came to me, uh, you know, after being, I was in, in the telecom industry for 15 years. Um, and after becoming a mom and moving to Vancouver, uh, I, I really, food has always been structured in my life. You know, I, I was really inspired by the way my family and communities lived uh, and shared crops. Um, so I grew up two hours north of Nairobi, where you don't really have access to electricity and running water. However, I, I, I as a child, I, I had access to some of the learnings around growing foods and, uh, and sharing and being able to get through, you know, season by season. Um, and so Kula came uh, while, I, you know, I, I had made the decision uh, to offer some of uh, the foods that reminds me of home. Um, I personally was looking for that when I moved to Vancouver and was having a bit of a hard time finding it, you know, walking through grocery aisles, going to farmer's markets um, and even restaurants. Um, I didn't really see that reflected in terms of regional, um, you know, East African cuisine, specifically Kenyan cuisine. Um, and so, yeah, I was inspired to do that. And one of the key pillar of Kula is community. And uh, part of where I grew up, you know, communities, everything, we, we, we really uh, relied on each other. So we say, let's Kula together. Um, so that's one of our slogans. And, and we really do live that within uh, everything that we do. That's very cool. Now, it strikes me that in the old days, People might open a restaurant mm -hmm. if, if 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 you know they savored the food from home and thought there was a market there, um, but but instead you've started a food production company. What, 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 what was the, the the thinking that led to that? Uh, you know, there is <laughs> when we look at pivots. I, I pivoted various ways. We started. I wanted to to create accessibility and and also considering my accessibility. Um, I love restaurants. I, I, I do love what it stands for in terms of, you know, the experience of sitting down and enjoying a meal and the conversation and insights and just like that connection that it builds. Um, and I, I do think there's that, that's 100% needed. Uh, for me, I, my, my thought was, how do we 
how do we, firstly, how do I access that? And being in Vancouver, the cost is real. Um, so I, I, I started at uh, working out of commissaries and um, I wanted to kind of give that experience of a restaurant service that you can bring home. And so we had uh, initially products like stews uh, that were you know, prepared in small batches. We, we eventually started offering catering services because at the heart of it I, is I love gathering. And so it's kind of like a pull, you know, that my family sees where I would like a restaurant. However, I think there are other ways that you could offer that. And so um, that experience went into uh, catering services. You know, 2020 uh, was definitely um, a a bit of a heart. It was a big hard hit for all of us. Um, And we pivoted once again and went online and offered online services that included not only cooler products, um, we included uh, products from other other folks in our communities. Um, and then now retail. And with retail, where I'm landing here is like, how do we reach further and, and be able to, to create that ongoing access across Canada? Um, and so this is why we're here. And then at the same time, uh, with the passion of being able to bring folks together, I, you know, we have events like uh, another series that I've created with um, a friend of mine, uh, Chris from Elbow Patties, called Chop It Up. We get to have a sit down. We have new, uh, you know, chefs from um, with different uh, backgrounds around the world that are able to lead a cooking series and a dining experience. Um, so yeah, we're still, we're still, we're kind of in the middle of it all, but it, it's just being <laughs> being able to <laughs> manage it in a way that. You know, you're able to serve it, service, but also, you know, focus, type into that passion um, around connections. Right. Can you paint a picture for us of, of, of Kula right now? How many staff do you have? How many product lines do you have? What, you know, what are the markets that you're serving? Yeah. So we currently have uh, four, four protein, which is a, it's pea protein that has been processed into uh, meat alternatives. Um, and we have three sauces. Uh, two of it, which are our barbecue sauces without sugar added, um, and uh, pili pili, which is the central essential um, piece for us. Uh, that again reminds me of home is our yeah, East African inspired um, hot sauce, and our team. So we are a growing team. We currently there are f- uh, five of us, and um, and we also partner with with uh, you know a, a, another company that works with us to produce our products like the sauces. Um, you can find us in, in terms of our services, both on our website, uh, coolafoods.ca. And um, we are we are partnered with local um, independent retailers and grocers like IGA, Greens Market, uh, Vegan Supply, um, who, and, and, and it's growing, the list is growing. Um, so predominantly in BC and uh, Toronto, um, Recently, some of our um, uh, expansion has been involving more Toronto, and we're expected to be in Calgary, Edmonton, and, and you know, eventually Montreal. Um, and then, the, so that's our main, that's what we do. We also offer catering services. We typically work with nonprofits and um, businesses in, in Vancouver uh, to offer uh, office catering, um, yeah, and, and, and events that come up. Right. And what's really taking off? What's a hit these days for you? I think people are very excited about our protein packs. Um, one of the, you know, with 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 the with the growing demand uh, of plant based food, 
there is, you know, there's a need for more. And so our our greatest of all time, we call it the greatest of all time. So that's the goat curry. <laughs> <G-O-T>. <laughs> okay. um, is definitely a hit. Uh, I think um, it hasn't it hasn't you know that hasn't been seen in the market in in, in natural foods. Uh, so that's very exciting. I think I think that's a big one. The pili pili sauce um, has always been our top, you know, top loved product. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to see that, uh, with, you know, food services, um, being well received. So we've been partnered with, you know, Gordon food services, uh, to, to bring that to restaurants. Wow. Um, it sounds like things are firing on all cylinders and, and when did you start it? Uh, 2018. So it's, been basically four years plus three of those years were a COVID write-off. So that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. It's been, it's been, it's, it's been quite interesting. I think with COVID, it, yeah, uh, we've been pivoting, a lot of pivots. Um, but it's, it's been, I would say, incredible past couple of years, even with all the turbulence that we've faced. And you were saying that, that you didn't really start out being an entrepreneur in your career, what was the most difficult thing about stepping out and doing it all yourself? Uh, my mindset had to change. Uh, I think, you know, there's the comfort of working for a large organization and, and uh, having, having been in an industry that I was for 15 years, uh, I just had structure. And so, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, you know, I, I thought in my head, oh, yeah, I'm going to be able to create more flexibility and, you know, get to do what I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be great. So I've definitely I lied to myself. And I mean, I, I do love that, um, you know, the relationships we've built and like being able to to really align values uh, to who I, you know, who I am. But yeah, it's 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 a whole other world. Um, the, you know, there's not as much structure. So I really had to adjust to that. Um, and manage my expectations a little bit, but it's. I think it's been it's exciting because you. It, I really have been able to tap into my creativity, um, and yeah, in terms of uh, I think my passion around community um, and building communities, I get to do that through food. So I use food as a vehicle to do that. Um, so I, I I do love it, but yeah, it's a whole different change that I had to go through in terms of reframing my my thought process and how how I and work. never ever stopping right. Never stopping, right. never stopping. Um, you're, you're, you're bringing the taste of home to your community, but at the same time, you're taking the meat out of it. And I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if you've run into any headwinds in that regard that people say, well, why can't I have real goat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely. I, we, we are, so like thinking of goat or rib, ribs bites, um, it, we expect the challenges. Uh, I definitely, it's not for everyone. I just want to start with that. And I don't think we can replace, you know, the, the taste that uh, folks are used to when, it, when you're looking at, you know, animal-based protein. Uh, however, th- there, is, there is a need for a change in terms of how we consume. And, and so it does excite folks that especially, like looking at, looking at goat, right? For someone... Who, who may be plant curious or, you know, sometimes consumes, um, you know, plant-based food or, you know, predominantly plant-based food, it is incredible and exciting that they can access, 
in some level, uh, you know, that reminder of, of a certain food that they used to enjoy. And so those, those folks get really excited. Um, I haven't had too much pushback in terms of the offerings, uh, because I think one of the things we, we want to be very clear is like, we can't replace 100%, but I think we could evolve and, uh, and reframe some of our thinking in terms of what is good, what is delicious. Um, we stand up for flavor, right? So we really tap into flavor and, and now the texture, um, and so I think if we're looking at the overall picture, um, it's been well-received overall, and we, we never want to feel like um, we are, you know, direct replacement. Right. Well, that, 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 that seems very candid and, and honest, which is good. Protein Industries Canada says the plant-based food sector is expected to contribute $25 billion annually to Canada's economy by 2035. So I think you're in, in a healthy space. A lot of innovation going on. What is it that you think has helped you stand out and succeed in this space? Oh yeah, it's 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 a great. This is this is um, a great growing industry. Uh, I think one of the the big the big things that we stand up for is uh, the market does need uh, diversity in food uh, and you know beyond. Um, so the flavors, uh, you know, we are there are so many, um, you know cultures and you know folks from around the world and i think we could capture that more um in, in the industry so i think that's the big one i think even uh, accessibility um so that's that's one of the things that we're, we're continuously working on is how do we how do we make it as accessible as possible um and easy so easy our, our food is heat and eat right or add maybe add vegetables additional vegetables and you know, additional flavor that you like to have in there. Um, so we do stand up for that. We, I do like, I have a passion for food that just makes you feel good. And uh, the ingredients we selected and even sourcing um, Canadian protein from Alberta is, is such an important thing. I think we need to consider also sustainability and the choices that we make um, in terms of where our food comes from. And so I, we do stand up for that. I, just excitement around flavor. You know, it's, I think there are so many, and there are so many brands um, and companies that are bringing forward this, but I think creating accessibility, making it easy is one of the more important facts. And Kula answers that. Um, the sauce side, on our sauce side, which is still, I know it's not directly with protein, um, but, you know, the consumption of sugar in our foods is just kind of out of hand at this point. And, um, we want we wanted to answer to accessibility around uh, those that are looking to reduce sugar content. Um, so one of the changes we made last year uh, was uh, removing sugar in our barbecue sauces, which you don't really typically see. Um, and this allows you know if you're if you you know if you are diabetic, um, this is accessible. Um, so it's accessible to everyone. And again, answering to that allergies um, and restrictions. That we, we face. What, what what would you replace the sugar with? Um, so we one of our sauce, the the main, uh, I would say like the classic barbecue sauce, uh, red pepper. We use monk fruit, monk fruit juice concentrate, which is like two hundred times sweeter than sugar. However, it's a fruit that does not uh, spike your sugar levels. Um, so that's 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 our replacement. Very cool. And 
where do you do the research? Like, Ooh, Oh my goodness. Research every day. Um, so I've, I have worked with folks that, that offer services that who have helped us explore. We've gone from, you know, we, we were heavily using brown sugar. Um, and uh, I, I remember watching a film uh, called they are, they are trying to kill us um, by John Lewis. And this was looking at, you know, it was it was two parts. It was looking at food access, but also wellness around certain communities. Specifically, in this in this in this uh, documentary, it was around uh, Black Americans. And one of the largest hits is di- diabetes um, that was really hurting the communities and food access being a problem in terms of uh, you know food that's good for you and even groceries um, in certain neighborhoods. And that was that was where it started for me. Um, it, I didn't, it didn't sit well with myself when I looked at my sugar content, content in, in the sauces. Um, and then I, I connected with, with a consultant that specializes in looking at, you know, um, R and D productions, uh, like, you know, research and development. And we, we dived in, it was, it was, it took us steps. We, you know, we tried other, other sugar alternatives like sugar alcohols, um, you know, erythritol is an example. And we finally landed on monk fruit, which is still not as well known in North America, but in Asia, it is it is one of the widely used fruits um, as as an alternative. And you don't need much; a couple of drops, and um, you have you have that taste. Amazing! So you 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 are going looking all over the world and and looking for ideas and inspiration and alternatives. Yeah, yes. that's exciting. And would you say for, for any of our listeners who are interested, who care about what they eat, should they try and find this documentary, They Are Trying to Kill Us? Because I want to watch it. They Are Trying to Kill Us by John, John, John um, oh my gosh, John, John, oh, okay. Uh, if you are on social, look up Badass Vegan. <laughs> uh, he is in, I think he's based in Miami and uh, he kind of pulled the context of, worked with, you know, artists and hip hop stars and, and uh, started just like he kind of covered different topics, um, but one of the biggest cover was just, you know, the food we consume. And but then beyond that is what is accessible, what's put on the shelves, you know, for our communities uh, to be able to consume. Um, and then further to that kind of dived into um, plant based uh, consumption. One of the uh, things like we don't really see is, is the, you know, it may not be highlighted, but the growing uh, communities that are adapting more plant-based um, uh, food is is our Black Americans. They're one of the highest currently. Um, so he kind of really dives into that. So if you have time, it is available online. They are trying to yeah. kill us. Um, I will check that out. It changed my mindset around uh, ingredients and wow. what we use. And when did you first see it? Like just as you were getting involved in all this? Um, so the sauces we launched, um, in 2021 and and I would say early, yeah, early 20, late 2021, early, um, 2022 is is when I started hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Just in time. (laughs) When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The teacher, the teacher will be there. Um, and I got a chance to interview him and it was, it was quite something. Okay. Um, switching to something a little bit more um, everyday neighborhood, you're involved in the DoorDash ecosystem, and 
um, you know, delivery has been booming, as, as, as we all know. I'm just wondering how this has worked for you and whether you've encountered any specific challenges offering your, your foods this way. Um, you know, DoorDash, so in 2020, 2021, DoorDash uh, was one of the ways that we needed to find how to access um, our customers or for them to access us. Uh, and they really stepped up in, in, in offering not only, not only, you know, prepared foods like, you know, restaurant prepared meals, uh, they were able to partner with, you know, companies like us who offer packaged goods. Uh, so they are, they've become our, an extension of us. Um, uh, they have literally supported us, you know, beyond what, what's expected, uh, in terms of delivery. Um, so I think. One of the, the things I've seen in, in this shared space that I work in are friends kind of, you know, bringing in um, what we call ghost kitchen services and being able to kind of connect to services like DoorDash um, to really, you know, answer it to accessibility. 2020, everyone was inside, right? You didn't have that, you know, luxury of going into a restaurant or even, yeah, even going to the grocery um, store so, was frightening. I would go yeah, at 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> right. Same. Me too. That was my shopping period. Um, and, you you know, and even then, I, I, I remember in 2020, March, it took us two weeks to get into a grocery store. Right. Uh, so th they have been there. They've, they, they, they saw what was needed. Um, I mean, now you can get pets. I have a dog. And um, we had trouble finding a particular medication, and we were able to get that through DoorDash. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love what they do. Um, they have really come forward in supporting Black-owned businesses with several different programs, and we were one of the lucky re recipients um, that were highlighted nationally. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of what they do and what they continue to do. That's really interesting. Do you see DoorDash continuing to be an important uh, distribution source for your products? Yes, absolutely. And w will it always be the packaged goods or is there a way to have these kitchens actually produce the food for people, which was the ri whole original point of DoorDash? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. Um, I, I do love, like they offer Dash Mart. So looking at a retail experience where, you know, they do purchase products like ours and are able to sell online. Um, they, they offer deliveries through catering services, you know, and so they, they, and, and I do closely work with, um, uh, you know, one of their representatives who, who's always asking what else can we do? Um, so I think, I think they're just doing it all. And of course, being able to provide, um, ex, you know, accessibility to, hot meals. I, I don't think that's going away, but I think it's going to be more than that, you know, and um, yeah, they're doing it. So who knows what, what the future holds. Um, but I, I think they're, they're onto something. Um, and it's been as, as again, as a small business, if you're, if you are managing, I remember when we started doing deliveries, we were managing that internally for the first bit. And it was one of the toughest things, uh, you know, if, yes, preparing foods, but to actually provide that experience and getting it into our customers' hands on time was quite a challenge. And so, um, yeah, DoorDash really came through for us with that. Right. And one of the thing, one of the reasons that I've devoted my career to entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs is because just the act of starting a new business and creating new products 
um, often serves a, a greater social purpose than you know the the entrepreneurs even understand when they when they're starting. So you're also a hope of a, a host of Chop It Up in Vancouver. Yes, and you know t- trying to create more community around food and, 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 and I guess more experimentation. So tell, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Chop It Up and the events that you take part in and, and the values that, 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 that this organization observes? Yes. Um, so Chop It Up is, is kind of is answering to the need for gathering around food. Uh, and beyond that is to learn, to learn in a, in a more interactive uh, cooking experience. And so we invite chefs who, you know, who are, you know, who, ha- who are connected globally. Uh, our recent uh, chef that we had is Tef- Chef Tushar, who has a um, catering, retail, and um, in the past, uh, a ghost kitchen. Uh, I've worked closely with him. And so, for example, with, with, with learning about Tushar is, you know, we were able to learn a bit about regional Indian cuisine that you don't necessarily get to see, you know, in, in, in a cookbook or, you know, a show on, on, on TV. And, uh, and then we finish off with uh, a long table dining experience. Um, so what, what it really does is, you know, answer to connections. Um, we, we, you have these great conversations. And at the end, we like to learn more about the food story, the, the chef's food stories. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, Chris and I uh, and Black Women Connect uh, came, came up with Chop It Up in um, in 2021, where, you know, gathering is not a, you know, it's not as easy with with what's been going on um, in our world. And we thought maybe let's do this virtually. Uh, and after a couple of tries, we, we made a decision that it just made sense to just be in person. Um, so yeah, it really has been, it's been a great experience in terms of, again, that passion of being able to have conversations around food. Food does that, you know, naturally. Um, but yeah, we get to do that and chop it up. It's it's a monthly event. And is it open to the we public? We currently host. It is open to the public. Uh, so we we share we share it within our network, and uh, folks are invited every month. We have different chefs that come on, and uh, we host it in Vancouver um, at a space called Anco on uh, West Georgia, uh, fifteen seventy five West Georgia, um, and it's it's a great time. You know, lots of different foods every every. Every session feels different, uh, but at the end, like the thing that stays is, is are the connections that are made. And a lot of the times, folks come by themselves, and so you you see new friendships uh, start in, in these classes. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's really exciting. You get to learn something that you don't necessarily get you know get to see out there. We've had a chef who sh- shared. Um, a recipe that was, you know, inspired by their, you know, their fam- family experience of Filipino cuisine. Um, yeah, we've made dumplings by, you know, the, the dumpling king, uh, who's quite famous here. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Uh, it's it's like my passion pro- project as well. And then Chris's, um, and we get to, we just get to have fun and, and learn and talk. A lot of time. And have you learned anything that's actually being reflected in the in in, in the business in in Kula? It is. Um, you know, one of the things I, I I don't know what I was talking about, but I wrote this down, and one of the lines I said is, "What do I care about?" And I I wanted to 
bring forward a, a brand that brought, you know, food design for sharing. That was the line. Um, and it's like, how do you translate packaged goods that are sold into retail that is made for sharing and organically chop it up has really allowed us to, you know, allowed us to take that step and use our, our platform and our capacity in, in um, you know, bringing that, you know, goal of, of uh, sharing and learning and connecting. Um, so it does, it does have that direct connection to our pillars. And, and do, do you see it um, helping you choose new products, new brands, new, uh, new types of products, new spices? Um, it, 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 well, I think it, 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 it incites creativity, right? So when right. you see someone create something, for example, so Tushar, Tushar shared Malvan, he, he also has spices uh, at, at the Indian pantry. And so he used his spices that he sells at retail and with our, our greatest of all time, our goat. And it was a whole new flavor of curry. And like, there's a whole story with like, you know, curry and how it's enjoyed and the flavor and the texture in different places. Um, just to see him take our protein, which has a different taste of curry and like add in his spices. It was one of the, the menu items that we had it was so exciting. I, I wouldn't have thought that would, that would have been possible. So you kind of get to see because we do we do incorporate Kula and elbow elbow foods into 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 the dining experience. Um, yeah, uh, so it, it does that. You know, I think I think in, at the end it's just that connection, like connecting with a chef. We might be able to work with on another project together as well. Um, I yeah. just think it's beautiful that you found it's, this um, second avenue for. Um, you know, keeping your creativity going, your 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 love of food, yes. your love of innovation, and 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 getting instant feedback from from you know uh, potential customers. So, so it sounds like a great idea. What's your vision for Kula Foods now? Where do you think it might be in uh, a couple of years? Um. Yeah. And and firstly, uh, we we would like to be a you know, offering our, our services being a household uh, brand across Canada um, and being well known as a Canadian brand that is global. Um, so I would love to continue our expansion in, in offering nourishing food uh, that is accessible um, around the world. And, you know, just a brand that's that's contributing and, and really mission aligned. Um, some of the things that we're working on right now is uh, a B Corp certification, which just signifies and like create the clarity of uh, what our mission is um, and in terms of how we work and how we connect. Right. So that says you're, you're well, a, a, a not-for-profit social enterprise, right? As a B corporation? We are for profit. We are, we would be socially, okay. res, like a socially responsible um, uh, a company. Um, so what, and I, we're working on it. There, there are a few things that I'm just really excited to share in the future. Um, but it's yeah, it's beyond profit for us, and, and I think um, I would be really proud to to be able to stay within that this mission while we expand. Right. Now, in Vancouver, you're sitting what twelve miles from the U.S. border. Do you have uh, uh, any ambitions to uh, grow the, the market down there? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. That's the plan. That's the right. plan. Can I ask 
how you go about eating an elephant? How do you tackle a market that size? Do you just start locally, like in Ooh. the state of Washington? Yeah, I don't eat an elephant. That's <laughs> <laughs> number one. Um, we start, I think proximity, I know, I, I had to say it, I'm sorry. Um, uh, proximity is the biggest one is like where I think where where the market needs are. Uh, so a lot of research currently, we've been tap, just planning what that expansion looks like. And I think looking at markets like in California, that would be our initial step. Um, and then, you know, the next month, maybe in the east, it'll be pockets. And uh, there are some uh, amazing resources that allow for uh, businesses to to explore what is possible. And, and Canada does support businesses uh, in exporting. And, and the thing is, I think because of uh, the reputation of our Canadian processes, we are well respected in, in other markets. And so Canada has put resources in there to, to really help figure out where to start uh, because it is, it's massive. I, I wouldn't even consider, I'm learning a lot right now um, in terms of how to go about it. Right. And as you say, there's, there's, there's tons of resources offered by governments, both provincial and federally yes. to, to help you get started. And I think that in the niche you're in, you know, it would be easier for you to go into the United States and make a dent rather than someone trying to sell a new, you know, mass market breakfast cereal or something. So, yeah, so, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think you got pretty good prospects there. Yeah, thank you. All right. We've been talking with Asha Wilden of Kula Foods in Vancouver for our very last question. Wondering if you have any final words of wisdom or advice that you want to share with our Canadian entrepreneur audience. I would say, you know, find your community. Uh, it's a very lonely road if you are, um, if you know, in, in this journey. So one of the biggest thing is being able to find other like-minded folks that you can connect with. And uh, you can really, there's a lot of strength and power in that. Um, so yeah, find your people and don't be afraid to ask for help. That's beautiful. And if, and, and if you're having trouble finding your people, then create an event. Like yes. you did with Chop It yes. Up and create bring an your people to you. Exactly. Or go to, go to events. Go to as many events as you, you know that you are connect you're connected to. Absolutely, Asha. I wish you best of luck, and we will keep an eye on you, and we'll talk again. Thank you so much, Rick. It's great talking to you today. Great talking to you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Styles, and it's made possible by the support of Mastercard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.